0: podcast um, the gang is back together again episode nine um this is a this is gonna be an interesting one we're gonna we're gonna hop into the delorean and go to the future <laughs> yes but uh it's good to see you guys yes. how are you guys weekend it's great great
1: yeah. doing well uh boring
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's good boring is good boring is good uh, nothing bad happened yeah um well, I was glad to, to be with you guys again, and um, let's have some fun. So, before we get started, wrist check.
2: Infamous wrist check. Uh,
0: let's start with Ben.
1: You already know the Oris again, Clemente.
0: Oris is still on the wrist. Respect. I'm trying
1: to age the strap as much as I can before summer comes.
0: DJ would be proud. Love it, love it. But I think it's beautiful, man. Every time I see you wear it. It gets just... better. Yeah, it it's kind like of it, like, when I first came across that piece, I was like, it was cool, but it didn't really get me like that. But the more I see it, like, on your wrist, I'm like, damn. It I has think, character now. It's really good. It's yeah. really done well. And and yeah. uh, it it's, uh, I'm just a, a big fan of the of the date. Yeah, the pointer date. The mm-hmm. pointer date system mm-hmm. that they have. Yeah, it's great. Um, especially that new one they did with the blue dial. Actually, in the sub-seconds. I was with you when I saw that in person. That thing is fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
1: five-day power reserve on that.
2: It's crazy. Yeah.
0: That tells your story, you know. It was great. I mean, how your purpose.
1: Yeah, how it ages with how it
0: works. That's the beauty of it too, like because we do risk check, and I feel like you know because we do have. I mean, between us all, we have a lot of watches. Um, but it almost feels like a lot of people expect us to wear a new watch all the time, and it's just like we have a lot of watches, but that's not real. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. yeah. You always have something that's kind of like the watch that you wear most, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because that's that's one of the things we went over in a, a prior uh, Instagram live chat that we did um, for New Year's. We talked about like what, what was the watch that you wore most most this year, mm-hmm. and um, and then you try your best, or at least I do, to like fit everything else in between, and 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 to give it a run. Um, but it's great when you have that piece that like you have no excuse to take it off. It's just like man, I want to wear this again and again and again. So, yep. You know, I so. definitely got that here. What are you rocking today?
2: You like, you got a new piece? Oh, yeah. What's that? So,
0: somebody's um, in his
1: bag. Very funky. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this one this one is a fun one. Um this is the uh piece from the electronics. I put you on the them. Yes, you did. I'll take credit for that. Um, the funny thing is, uh, I think you had put it in the, the chat and I was like, this is kind of funky and was weird. And this episode is like very, um, relative because algorithms, Ooh. they, they, they can trick you, just hop, <laughs> they just can, influence you. they can, they can influence you. Um, and I think, you know, once we shared this in the chat and we started speaking about it, then I just seen electronics, electronics, electronics. Every
0: I went, that's how, that's kind of how, like, it came across, like, my, it, I, we've, I found this brand on social media. Yes. And it came across my feed, and I saw, I don't remember if it was that exact one, but it was another one that had a very similar, like, dial design. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the heck is this? And I clicked on it, and I was like, man, this stuff is actually cool. Yeah. Um, they're all quartz watches. Yes. Um, but what I like about them and what they do is they highlight the fact that their quartz instead of like trying to hide it. Yes. So they're, you know, yeah. instead of having like uh, an exhibition case back, they have all this open case work yes. on the front of the dial, mm-hmm. which is showing you like, it's like all the wires and everything that, that, mm-hmm. that makes it, you know, tick, but kind of running on the theme of electricity. Yes. Like this is powered. Absolutely. Which I love and I think is really cool. So on the
2: dial, you see the copper coil. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have the wiring that um, powers the LED light that goes into the the dial. Um, Almost channels like an Iron Man kind of like bright light. It's like a little mad scientist. Little mad scientist. Um, I mean, I got my double fronts on, so definitely channel my Mm -hmm. Bob the Builder. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I went full like wired and like super construction with this one.
0: I love it just because it's, it's disorderly it's fun and um i think that's what's cool about it there's something about them that's like super 90s mm-hmm. that's dope and then um a lot of this stuff they they're all very similar but the they do the different colors and like dial work that they do it can go from like really playful to like kind of like dystopian apocalyptic yes which is really cool so it's like they kind of have like a range yeah um but it's a lot of fun yeah and um no, I love it, man. I I just love the fact that like, um, and it's funny because we'll get to it later in in another segment. But it feels like quartz is coming back, and agreed. Um, agreed. And I and I personally love it. I love the respect that that quartz watches are getting, or if not respect, just the lack of like, who cares, you know? Like, yeah. like whatever. Like it's it's a watch tell time, yes. you know. Because it seems like over the last few years. There's been a the thing where it's like, oh, you can't wear a quartz watch. Oh, you know, like this watch hierarchy. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It tells time. Of like, course. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That thing is a lot of fun. And what's cool about that, too, what I love about that piece is like, time is kind of like, it's almost secondary. To the design of the watch because, like, the dial is so small, small, (laughs) yeah, yeah, like you kind of got to really look at it to tell the time because the dial is so small, there's just so much like happening, very strategic, yeah, it's it's
2: fun. I mean, and listen, Japanese design, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. listen, the Japanese are taking over, man, they are, they are. Well, they've been doing their thing for a while, but absolutely. They there they're there that watch is uh, and what's the name of the brand again? Electronics. Electronics, yeah, yeah, yeah but they like spell it with a Z because it's edgy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> respect. Yeah, um
2: This is my new favorite.
0: That's tight, man. I can't I'll, stop looking at it. Respect, yeah, it's dope. Um I'm wearing a tried and true. Um, a watch I wore. I think I wore this on maybe episode two, way back when. But my uh the vintage Omega Seamaster um i love this piece it uh i don't know it just feels it always just feels super classy and um i love to dress it up and dress it down i have it on this um what was a pale very pale crocodile strap that's patinaed some Mm -hmm. um and now kind of matches my skin color so i am uh waiting for it to get just a little bit darker um but feels nice and uh, matches my wedding ring, which I like. So everything on that on that side is simpatico. Um, but it's just it's just fun. Um, you guys know I love dress watches, though I am a bracelet dude. Uh definitely don't mind a strap. I have a lot of fun with it. And um there's something about this watch that's just like super classy. I'm a big Omega fan and um just kind of speaks to me about their brand heritage and DNA and I have a lot of fun with this piece. So I decided to wear this again and and give it a spin. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Great yeah. choice. Um, so hopping in the DeLorean, <laughs> uh, going to the future. Um, we were, so a few weeks ago, probably a little longer than a few weeks ago, me and Rashawn met up and uh, we were looking at some watches. <laughs> and I think we were looking at a gold doxer. Yes. And somehow, some, the infamous Gold Doxa. Yes. Uh, shout out to VJ in the Florida Keys. Yes. Uh, but uh, the infamous Gold Doxa, aka the Key West special. And somehow we got to talking about the metaverse. Yes. That's why
2: I'm cracking up because it just went like so
0: left. And I was, and I was, and I was, I was telling him about the metaverse. Um, Though I've never been there, which I think is hilarious <laughs> to say, I've never been to the metaverse. Um, and I was telling them about it. And um, if, you've, if, you've, if, you've, if you're tuning into the show and you've, you've seen our prior episodes, you know I like to make predictions. And, and I'm on my, my, my soapbox and I'm telling them everything about the metaverse and what it's going to be and sort of doing what I do and making a prediction about watches in the metaverse. Mm-hmm. And here we are, uh, maybe a month or two later. And there was a, first, there was a post that went out on Hodinkee's Instagram page. And uh, I actually missed it. Someone screenshotted it and sent it to me. And it was a, a, a post they did of an NFT. Watch. And apparently, I didn't witness this, but apparently what was told to me from the person who sent this to me, they got, they got ripped apart in the comment section. And they took it down. I went back to their website, and I'm not sure if the article was related to the post. I suspect that it was, but there was an article on their website about um, this guy named Jesus Calderon in Chicago who designs and sells NFT watches. Mm. So I read it. Checked it out, and um, it 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 really resonated with me because it, it it sort of I felt like it validated a lot of the things that we talked about in that conversation. Yes, um, not necessarily with what he was currently doing, but when they were talking about his vision for NFT watches in the future and how they would be sold, how they would be used. And ultimately how they would be taken seriously. Yes. I don't own any NFT watches. Um, I actually don't own any NFTs. Uh I do invest in crypto. Um because by now, like I think you know it's a proof of fact you can you can make money doing
2: it. Yeah. Yes. Right?
0: Like that's just what it is. Yes. Um, I don't own any NFT watches. I don't know if I will uh but I do take it very seriously. So this dude Jesus Calderon started this this uh this channel if you will on OpenSea. OpenSea is a platform where you can buy, sell and trade NFTs. Um should we talk about what an NFT is? I guess an NFT mm-hmm. NFT stands for non-fungible token. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not an expert in it in any way. What I understand is, it is positioned as artwork uh, that lives on a blockchain. What it what it's supposed to be is a, a a digital signature of sorts on a blockchain that comes from someone whom the community views as someone reputable for creating value. Yes and you can purchase whatever they're selling because they are. there's a consensus that this person is a good person in that community, and they generate value, and you can buy non-fungible tokens from these people that uh, most hope will increase in value. Anyway, so he creates renderings of digital watches. He has a line of watches um, that he created called the Rodex. (laughs) (laughs) It's still
2: funny every time. It's hilarious.
0: Yes. (laughs) And I'm not I'm not laughing to demean in any way what this dude has created because I think what he's created is actually pretty incredible. Innovative. Super innovative. But culturally. It is freaking hilarious. Oh, of course, right? With where everything is is going and and where 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 we're currently at. Yeah. So he created this algorithm that essentially designs watches, and then he comes in as sort of a curator and like changes the colors and the themes. But they all they all kind of they're all virtual watches that are inspired by real watches. Yes. Um, so he has the Rodex Bit Mariner or the Rodex Date Tona, um, and then other variations. And um, what's cool is that the the renderings that he that he's created mirror sort of like real world aesthetics. So he creates these these digital images that are like short video clips. And the renderings play with light and materials. Um, so the gold watches look really gold. The yeah. steel watches look really steel. They play with light in a particular way that kind of makes them look like they could be real. Um, and then he does like other funky stuff and, and, and colors. Um, but they're selling. Yes. Yes. Right. And, um, he's created a number of watches to date. Um, most can be had for around 700 to a grand. Yes. Um, they're all being trade, traded, traded in, in Ethereum, um, which is, is one of the more popular cryptocurrencies today. Um, what do you guys think about this?
2: I think it's great. Um, and I think, ironically after our conversation my mind was blown of course like you know trying to wrap my head around nfts the metaverse and so many other um, technologies that's going on today um after our conversation I think I met with some with with a specific brand um I won't mention the brand um but when I was speaking to it and I was like Man, you guys need to get on this. Yeah. This guy looked at me like I had six heads. And I yeah. and I hope that, you know, one day he sees this episode and understands, like, man, this dude probably wasn't off as many cocktails as I thought he was. And I was like, man, you need to get on this. I was like, I'm giving
0: you the secret. Well, there is that kind of thing too. It's like it, because it's still so early that it's like when you sound, when you talk about when you talk to people about like the metaverse or like cryptocurrency still maybe less so cryptocurrency. Um you almost sound like a new convert. Yes. And then people are like, man, that dude
1: is drinking. He's the off cooler. The yeah, he's, yeah. He's he's cold. off his rocker. You're in
0: Jonestown. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen to you know, the funniest thing is like we've like we've said on the show all the time and how, you know we're creating value, the perception of value now, how we're creating um you know, these nuances and these new ideas and how we're reinventing the wheel. We just was talking about this, you know, X amount of weeks ago, and now it's like into fruition. Technology is moving so fast, and algorithms are kind of dictating how our life is kind of going in a specific course. It's almost a little scary.
0: It is it, it, it's it's kind of scary. I mean it's just something that's like brand new and we're not used to. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. now what's interesting is though most of these watches um and people might be upset that I'm even calling them watches cuz they're they're just they're not. They're they're just digital images. They will be soon. They will be. Um you know most of them can be had for 700 a grand, but some of them have sold for more than their real world counterparts Yeah. yes so this one that we're looking at right now which is the rodex uh demon bit mariner uh, was actually offered as a gift or as a prize mm-hmm. for another auction or, or something like that that he did and um so there was a there's a guy on in the open sea who won this and um the community kind of gathered around it, thought this, was thing, this thing was great and evaluated <laughs> it. And he was offered upwards of $20,000 yeah. for this digital watch.
2: Yeah, about twenty-two grand. yeah. Yeah.
0: I think right now, and I checked it this morning, this morning, this thing was selling for $24,000 worth of Ethereum. Oof. Um, as amazing as that is, this isn't even the most expensive one that they've sold to date. He recently sold one, I think earlier this week or the week before. The Daytona? The Rodex Daytona, mm. um, which appears on like a, a they're all, they all come on like a character's hand. So you get the watch, but you also get like the avatar. Um, this one is like a steel looking piece with a orange ceramic bezel and a it has like white ceramic center links and yeah pusher yeah and yeah, yeah it's very funky I,
1: I thought that was light i just noticed it's a different material
2: yeah i think
0: you're right i think it's just yeah. different material it's question,
2: white ceramic. question sure um I, I don't know maybe you do um it's on the avatar's wrist do mm-hmm. you get the is there like a full avatar not yet
0: so okay that's all of that is coming that's crazy um but this piece sold for seventy-two thousand dollars in Ethereum.
2: Then we just we just
0: spoke we about we were talking about
2: we that. were just talking about a John Mayer going for seventy-two.
0: We were we were talking about that, and the dude said, "Whatever, I I use my coin. I use my
2: coin." This um,
0: this this right here is like <laughs> it's crazy. And so you know, going back to what we were talking about because. It's funny because before this, before I even knew of this, we were talking about this like like we got it. We understood what would happen. Yes. Right? Yes. In terms of what people are talking about with the metaverse. And so what this guy was saying, which rings true to some of the people I was talking to about the metaverse. The metaverse essentially at some point, right now it's a place that you go to via the Oculus or whatever goggles any of these other platforms are selling you mm-hmm. um, to walk through or into it as a portal. But at some point, the metaverse is supposed to be on top of the real world in the sense that you might wear a pair of glasses that allows you to see things in the real world that aren't there. Because the, the, the via the glasses and program, the metaverse and the real world are interacting with one another. Sort of like the Tom Cruise movie, uh, Minority Report.
2: Yeah. Almost brings me, you know, which is kind of weird, almost brings me to, um, I think it might have been Doctor Strange or or was Inception, where, like, the street kind of, like, turned. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inception, It's, like, so weird, like, to kind of of see those correlations um, and how everything is, like, so relative and
0: it's nuts. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And, um... So what this guy is saying is like sort of under that idea of what the metaverse will become and where it's going is that, you know, I guess in the the near future, you will be able to go to a platform like OpenSea, purchase a watch for your avatar, Mm -hmm. go into the metaverse via Oculus or whatever uh, system you're using. Flex your wrist in the metaverse and see your NFT watch on yep. your wrist. And he says it will tell accurate time. It's amazing. It's kind yeah. of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Um, with some of the technology that I've seen that's being talked about, um, going back to the, the two worlds colliding, there's been a lot of technology as far as like sk- what they call skins, but particularly right now dealing with fashion. Where you can, essentially, you'll have like a pair of whatever on your feet. And if you want to say, I want to turn these, you know, these Sketchers on my feet into Jordan 1s, everyone who's plugged in the metaverse will see Jordan 1s on your feet. Yes. Instead of the sketches because you put the skin on them. Yeah. yeah. So at some point, uh, and this goes to what we were talking about. Yes. Um there will come a point, I think, whether it's an AD that gets hip to it, a real life watch brand that gets hip to it, or one of these guys where you'll go to in the metaverse, you'll buy a watch and you'll be able to sort of technically wear it in the real world. Yes. Right. Because via whatever your link is, whether it's a pair of goggles or plug Elon Musk Neuralink, however that's supposed to work, Mm. you'll be able to see this NFT on your actual wrist.
2: Yes. Crazy. Crazy. Nike has already done that with um, the conversations of sneakers that you can purchase that do come with NFTs.
0: Yeah. So what one of the things that happened with all this, when the, once Facebook changed their name to Meta and all this stuff, you had all of these, um, you had like sort of like a rush to like trademark stuff. Yes. And I think one of the biggest stories was like Nike doing like metaverse trademarks. Yeah. You don't, you don't yeah. want anybody else out of it. Exactly. Because so what that tells me is that at some point there'll be a Nike store in the metaverse. If I there guess. isn't one already, I don't know. Yeah. And you'll be able to buy it for your avatars. But at some point in you know maybe 15 years, probably less. Probably you'll yes. be able to buy it in the metaverse and we're in the real world. Yes. Which is crazy. Yeah. What does that do to the watch market? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I I mean, I I don't know how many times I have to say it. technology is, you know, or the exchange of information is dictating how watches are being sold, traded, um, introduced, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, This puts the, you know, these the watch market on their heels, because not only have you have to deal with the auctions, the secondary market. Now you have to deal with virtual reality or an alternate world. Seriously. So like, you know, um, like to your point, um, Perry, which we, we've probably spoken off camera. I don't know if we kind of hit this subject is like, eventually these innovators, or even like going back into when we were talking about Virgil, these innovators um, that are like kind of stamping their flag and, and, and leading, leading the charge and leading these trends and, and, and starting you know, what is going to be the imminent future. Um, They
0: got to give it the program. They got to give the program and they're going to be left behind. What I will say is, and what I thought was interesting in the article was they asked this guy, uh, Jesus, um, which is kind of crazy. His name is Jesus. Um, He's creating this whole new world. Not going to get into that. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. Don't go Black Mirror. (laughs) I'm saying Calderon. Um, what's kind of crazy is that they asked him, they like, are you like a real watch guy? And he's like, yeah, I love watches. Yes. Like I love watches. And, um, and I forget which, which piece it was, but this whole project started out of a passion for NFTs and the metaverse and cryptocurrency. Yeah. But ultimately he's like, I'm trying to raise funds to buy a watch I want. I know he wears a Belova. Like that's his like. So there's a, there's another watch that he wants. It's it's a luxury timepiece. Um, Is it a turquoise OP-41? It's definitely not. <laughs> Great. Was Shot that. fired. <laughs> um, it's not, but... Um, you sure it's not the watch of the year? <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't that. Um, it was another timepiece, and I can find it, that he wanted... And I just thought that was funny. It was like this dude is, is, is uh, hawking virtual watches to buy a real one. A real one. Yes. I think that's what's going to happen,
1: though. I think the watch industry is only going to benefit from it because someone's just like, let's say, how, let's say what people are speculating is going to happen happens and they get this uh-huh. NFT watch and then you can see it in the real world on their wrist. Someone's going to say, that's not real.
2: I'm going to go get the real one. Sure. I can see that. But then I also, but you know what? I'm not going to lie. I think I like that. I like that idea because then it also takes the pressure off, let's say, a Rolex that is, you know, struggling to meet that demand. This kind of alleviates a little bit of that and, and takes the pressure off these guys to where they can go back to what they love. I don't, I don't so really I think I, that
0: happens though. I, I agree with both of you. Yes. And I know that's like not the thing to say. Everyone hates a person that agrees with both people. But I think it's a combination of both things that's going to happen. Yes. Um, To your point, yes. I think people are going to be like, that's not real. Like, here's the real thing. Yes. And then I think to your point, the greater point at large, this is the future. This is how it's going to be done. Yes. What I think happens in the middle is at some point, I don't know when, I don't even think I could predict, um, watch companies like a Rolex. Like a Patek, say, we're gonna do NFT watches. And then it changes the conversation, right? Because then a Rolex goes from producing a million watches a year to two million watches a year. They say we make a million watches in the real world, but we make another million in the metaverse. Yes. And it's the same price. You know what is so <laughs> weird? I was,
2: I was gonna say, I was gonna say,
1: the only way that that works is if it's limited exactly yeah the only way it works if it's middle. it's
2: so funny that we talk about this and i'm almost like oh man it's like it's blowing my mind it's happening because if i was rolex that's what i would do so remember when we had that conversation about rolex i don't know where we were we definitely were like outside of sure yeah something and we we, we were just talking and we was like man how is this ever gonna change with rolex and you were like well they have to produce more watches and we were like well how are they gonna produce more watches now this is the how
0: this is the how. This is the how for everybody because the 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 cost of production is far less. And what you make on the other end far exceeds anything else. Yes. If you can make the same profit by putting less money up front to produce the pieces. Yes. It's a no brainer. It's a whole new revenue stream. Because you know what? And then they appreciate at the same rate. I don't see oh, why. Like, oh, absolutely. You we think- were talking about Watchbox a couple of episodes ago. Mm-hmm. I would I would think that if they're not already making it, they're probably one of the first platforms that offer like real world NFT watches. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would make sense for any, 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 any company like that, any platform, any A.D., you know, it's like this is something I'm not saying that you got to run into it now and be like, hey, we also sell NFT watches. No, but. You need to be exploring this world because this is the future, whether we like it or not. Yes, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. I'm not I'm not the guy that's going to be like, yeah, let me buy an NFT watch. Yeah. But at the same time, what do I know? You know what I'm saying? The technology, what if the technology gets so good that it's indistinguishable from a real watch? Yeah. 40 artisans versus 40 programmers. It's just like, what do you like? At that point, what does it matter? Yeah. If I can feel it on my wrist and I can use it to tell time, who's to say it's really there or not? And that's sort of where I see it going. Perception is everything. It's just what it is. It's just what it is. It's just what it is. Like Whether we like it or not, this is a real thing. Yes. Someone's paying $72,000 on one of these. This is a real thing. Oh, yeah. And that's not to say that these Rodexes or, or what mr calderon chicago is doing is going to be like you know the wave but um it's going to lead the charge he's he's it's going to he is leading the charge he's He's the first guy over the hill he's essentially creating the marketplace for them oh yeah he's going to do fine he's going to make it all right yeah the people who buy his pieces i don't know (laughs) some of them might uh, if oh, you get in quickly and get out quickly, random.
2: sure. Well, yeah.
0: Uh, Long term, I think it's hard to say. Um, he's smart. If we look at what he's done and what he's accomplished thus far, he knows that. It is pure passion. He too. knows that. That's the beauty of it too. Like when you actually look at the NFTs that he's producing in terms of quality, from what I know about NFTs, and I'm not going to pretend like I know a whole lot. I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the renderings that he's offering, yeah, look. Better than any NFT I've ever seen even in the, terms of what I know NFTs to be, even the human skin on the avatar, right it's now, crazy
2: looking at like I mean, down and this to is the algorithm that he built. So, is, the is,
0: algorithm comes up with all of this is nuts, and then you know, so there's a little bit of randomness involved. And then he'll he might come in and just say, Well, why don't we turn that black into yellow? Why don't we turn this pink into white? Yes, and he'll make like little changes as like a curator just because he knows like. You know, the perception of aesthetics matters. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Like what people think is cool matters. And computers don't really understand that yet because there's an emotional reaction to it. Absolutely. Uh, but the algorithm will get better. Mm-hmm. Um, the algorithm will get smarter, and uh it might not be up to Mr. Calderon anymore, which I think is something they probably counted on. Yeah. Um, this is crazy. Yeah, mind blowing. I couldn't imagine. I mean, I couldn't imagine explaining to people, uh, let alone my wife. I spent a thousand dollars on a watch that is not real. <laughs> 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 I literally could not. You know, I bought an NFT watch. How much you pay? A like, grand. What?
1: <laughs>
0: Where is it? What? Where is it? <laughs> oh, it's in my wallet. Your wallet. Yeah, watching you no, this is just crazy it's in your
2: imagination
0: <laughs> I, I show him a picture <laughs> look it's the watch out boy <laughs> oh its here it's here
2: what is it is it's it? a rodex yes
0: it's a rodex Rolex? <laughs> nah. <laughs> date on you yes crazy
2: no nah, i love it i love it but it's the future anything anything innovative anything that's leading the charge anything that's different Anything that provokes thought, I'm all for. I support, support this 100. There's a,
0: apparently there's like there are guys who are like hawking off like real watches to buy these. Yeah, like to raise money to like buy the popular like NFT watch. Sure. Now the the thing I don't like about this is that this for for the person that's like a purist watch collector. Mm-hmm. Really, I'm talking about myself. Um, this goes back to like the thing that I don't like, where it's like, it's commodity driven, right? Where it's like, none of this stuff really matters. No one really cares about it. It's just buying, holding, selling, right? You buy low, you sell high. And it's just all for the purpose of like making more money. Yeah. Um, I can't realistically be mad at people for that. Yeah. But it does leave a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I, you know what? I think that's
2: so cool, though. At this point, the simple fact that you can buy these watches at 700 bucks or at least between 700 to a grand, um, I think it still gives everyone skin in the game. For me personally, like if I were to invest in one, I'd probably never sell just because I'm just a guy that collects watches. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. But you can't wear this. I don't care. (laughs) But I, but I I own it. I own it. Yeah, that's a little problematic for me. It's mine. I own it. The. I think what happens Uh is the outsiders infiltrate and then dictate what's to happen next. So the it could stay pure if everyone just solely buys and 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 loves it.
0: I don't think there's anything pure about NFTs. I think I think the whole I but mean, everyone I know mm-hmm. that is into NFTs, I don't know a whole lot of people that do like programming, yeah, or the designing. But I know a lot of people that made a lot of money off of NFTs, and that's why they do. That. That's why they do. But it. it's all so created it's out pure. of love first. I don't know I don't those think people. So.
2: No, I'm saying, but I'm saying, so you don't believe Jesus? Created I'm not saying these that. Love. He,
0: I don't. I'm not saying that he's not. I don't know. I don't know. him yes. from, from what, but what seen, I'm saying is, it's just business. It's opportunity. Yeah, and this is just like it's like a very opportunistic thing. It's just like you, because like in 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 my mind, I'm like I'm not buying that crap. But on the other side of my head, I'm like you might make if I could get it for seven (laughs) hundred, and And then it 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 might go to like five grand. (laughs) That could be worth it. Like it's just opportunity, yeah, right to make a buck. It's not really about what he's selling. I don't care for an NFT watch personally. And again not to demean anything that 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 this gentleman has created because I do think there's something to be said for the effort time and artistry that went into this mm. I mean he just created something that we knew was going to happen but he was the guy to do it and I think that's incredible but personally for me um I only see it as like a path to like a quick buck mm. I don't want to collect a, a
2: fake i wouldn't watch collect, i wouldn't collect them i would i would love to own one just to have it just to have it sure i mean you know i don't could, know here's the here's, I, a, here's
0: I, a thing I, I, though here's i'm very like could, could
1: you thing? imagine though you owning one of these like let's say you're one of the first people to get on it and you own one of these and you show somebody like one of your boys and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> where's, what? The where's, like, where's the real one? Where's sure. the real one? A Rodex. Oh, what's a Rodex. Like, but a that go, that
2: goes to me sometimes. That's like me showing the electronics. You're like, what it's is that? It's not though.
1: It's not though because you could touch and feel that.
2: Sure, you're but it's something a, that. It's it's, but it's something that not it. everybody
0: understands. I get it. I get where you're going with it. But my thing is, is this. Uh, and I'm not gonna blame anyone for buying this. I there's a there's a part of me that my intuition says buy one, yeah, right? Only because it's like 700 bucks, that 700 bucks will at the very least probably turn into 1,200 bucks, right? Just by looking at like cryptocurrency and the stuff that you've seen and understanding how NFTs are are moving and being traded right now. And then it's like simultaneously like working with and against the watch market. It's like, honestly, probably a decent investment. Not saying it's going to make you thousands or millions of dollars mm-hmm. but if you if you know like you get those scams it's like turn two hundred dollars into like a thousand this is probably <laughs> this, this, is, is, the one. One. <laughs> this <laughs> is the good one this is the good one that's what they all remind this you is of. the good one it's like you know, you can turn two hundred dollars into two thousand it's like S- you probably can <laughs> you probably can but you gotta sell when it's right and how do you know that's the issue I have with NFTs you never know because to buy and hold to me eh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially what we've seen with, with, with cryptocurrencies. Everything is incredibly volatile. Yeah. And even the way I invest in crypto now, it's like I buy low, I sell high, always. Yes. And I sell immediately. Goes up, boom, sold. Yes. Wait for it to go back down, buy it again. So I get more. Yes. Right. And so it's like with NFTs, they kind of confuse me. And I know some people who have made really good money in NFTs. Yes. I have several friends. Uh, who have made thousands of dollars Yes, uh, buying and selling NFTs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Just it's it's for me, it's I'm on the fence. I know where it's going. I see it from an investment perspective. I get it. I take it seriously. But as a fan of watches and collecting, I don't. I don't want one to have. I want one to make some money.
2: I think I would want one and a half. Okay. Now listen, if it trades for twenty two thousand, you'd be a fool not to sell. Yeah. I would be a fool not to sell. Everything it. has. But, a the, price. but the but the whole but the whole simple fact, and I know we're kind of like going in this roundabout because this is what you know this subject does to us all because we're so confused. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, we're all just so confused. But like. At the same time, it's like me being a purist. I want to invest in it. I want to keep it, but I feel so bad. Or I would I would almost be foolish to not sell at the highest
0: point. Of course you would. It's called a Rodex. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally a knockoff. You know what I'm saying? And so, yes. and so for me, especially with these, and, and we'll end it there, um, it is a buy and flip. It has to be simply based on now this dude, I think, I think he's going to hit the jackpot because he's going to end up getting hired by one of these guys. Oh, yes. Um, and because he's done what he what he's done. And I hope he knows this. It can be and should be completely on his terms. Yes. Right. Like you have you have the the car blanche to like in the cloud to say what you want when you want it and how you want it and you should yeah um, but he's, he's from Chicago too he's from Chicago he's, that's
2: it that's, that's that might be an offspring to Virgil could be I mean
0: definitely I mean he's a design guy so yes he's a design guy first That's there's that, the influence who loves watching yes Um, not surprised there but um, at some point you know unless I'm completely off basis um these watch companies are going to get into it. Yes. If Nike's getting into it, Adidas is getting into it, all these other corporate companies, these 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 uh, Fortune 500 companies are getting into it. At some point, they're going to have to take it seriously. And when they do, the Rodex is going to be worth nothing because you're going to have the Rolex. Right? Yes. 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 And brand cachet is everything.
2: The micros, I think, are going to get into it first because a brand like Rolex, Patek, Vacheron, AP, those kind of guys, they are deep rooted in their beliefs. Sure. In their DNA, like does not change.
0: I think that's an excellent point. I think if if um strategically for micro brands, this could be something that helps elevate your real world brand. Oh, absolutely. Right? Because really it's just more exposure. Even if it's like like if Baltic went into this, it's not like you're gonna be selling them for crazy prices. I would actually sell them for Probably a little bit cheaper. Yeah. So that more people wear them. Because who cares? It's in the metaverse. Or it's an NFT. Like, who cares?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but then those people who are like, yo, you know, I got this Baltic for X amount of dollars in an NFT, and then I sold it for this. And it's like, oh, you can flip those. as a good. It's like, yo, know, they make real watches. Really? And they're accessible. Yes. In the real world. Yes. Um, that could be something. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think you've foreseen more than you thought you'd
2: <laughs> you, you said, I can't foresee the future that you speak. I'm the not.
0: I'm not gonna say I'm Nostradamus, <laughs> but I'm pretty close to Nostradamus. Oh man, I ba- love it. Boom. I love it. That was a bad joke. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Definitely a
0: bad joke. Um, but I do make predictions, and uh, a lot of them do actually happen.
2: Yeah,
0: and and I'll, I'll wear that badge. Yeah. Um, moving along. Um. Coming back to the real world, for real, for real. Yes. There was a film that was put out on Nat Geo. Yes. Uh, that you told us about that yes. you were, you've been raving to us, uh, about, you know, for weeks. Yes. We got to see this. We got to see this. We got to see this. And I finally uh, got some time to actually sit down and watch it. And it's called uh, Becoming Cousteau. Yes. This is the OG or the original Steve Zissou. Yes. Um... About Jacques Cousteau, yes, the inventor, explorer, naval officer, conservationist, filmmaker, and scientist. Yes, and um, it's a really good. It's a really good documentary. Uh, it's on Nat Geo for those that have Disney Plus. Um, Nat Geo, I think, is owned by Disney. You can see it on Disney Plus. That's where I watched it. Yes, and it, it just talks about. Um, it talks about the man and 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 his life and his mission mm-hmm. um, for exploration of the the deep sea. Yes. Um, who also happens to, I guess we we can loosely say he was a watch guy, but only via what he was trying to do. Yes. Yeah, they, they were real tools right? yeah, for Yeah, for him tools. they were real tools. He wasn't using watches as a means of like collecting and like this could be worth something i could trade it was all functional uh mm-hmm. for him yep. and uh in this in his documentary you get to see you get to see him use some of these pieces and put them to use but i know you're a big fan yes. uh Rashawn. Mm-hmm. um so why don't you give us some of the highlights uh, of this film
2: well the coolest thing about um Jacques Cousteau is initially you know he was a french naval officer so he was a part of the the french navy and um first was an aviation guy Mm -hmm. so he was a pilot he was a pilot first and then um got into a serious accident he got into a car accident and a really good friend of his who was a free diver actually suggested for his rehab that he goes into swimming Mm. um his love for the ocean then turned into um how do we go deeper? Yeah. So first, it was you know learning how to swim and kind of going at surface level, and then going beneath, and then turning going beneath into free diving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we laughed about this before. Is like we seen like Jacques like doing deep sea diving with like a, a speedo, a, 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 harpoon a, and a harpoon, and a speedo. My man which was living like, on the wild side. He was definitely on the wild side. Yeah. Like, Legitimately, you know, especially during those times, like in those films, like, you know, like a James Bond or so on and so forth would be like, like, he'd be underwater with a harpoon, like in a Speedo, which was like so, so cool. And like, this was his life. And um, kind of going from an unexpected turn, turning his injury into a passion, he went from becoming an enthusiast to an innovator and and a an actual inventor and an actual inventor yeah so he did create the aqualung um in which you know it was a tool used for him to actually go you know to depths that no one has ever been able to achieve and for
0: the and for, for those that don't know um you most people would recognize an aqualung but might not be familiar with the term The Aqualung is the tank that divers carry, that they breathe oxygen out of. To this day. Yeah.
2: To this day. Um, Him kind of spearheading that, um, you know, also inventing a lot of other tools that have even gone even deeper than the Aqualung has, um, is really, really cool. Um, Just from him taking his love for Deep Sea excavation and then kind of turning into this pop star. Um, Yeah, he really
0: did become a pop star. He
2: became a pop star. And that wasn't by choice. It was more by popular demand. Yeah. Um, Most of the film, most of the Deep Sea films that you've seen nine times out of ten during that time was probably filmed by Jacques Cousteau himself.
0: Yeah, he did his own films. Um, He was very serious about marine conservation. Yes. Um,
2: So much from him being, you know, this inventor to a pop star and then turning back around and going into philanthropy and creating the Alaskan Treaty. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in the film, throughout the film, because he was kind of one of the deep sea um, enthusiasts there were oil companies that were actually hiring him to go and do these deep sea depths and find oil. And it wasn't until he figured out that we're actually doing more harm to the environment than we're doing to these companies and making them millions of dollars. Right. Um which was so cool to kind of go ahead and 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 kind of be the the father of his own destruction.
0: Yeah. I think the really cool thing about the the film and, and about him too is also seeing the um the evolution of mm-hmm. of him. This wasn't a guy who like had formal training in terms of like in anything I think that he he ended up undertaking. Yeah. But especially like in inventing, like everything happened out of necessity. Yes. And so like even him inventing the aqua lung, it was like, I wanna go deeper. How do we go deeper? And he was introduced in the film. This is one of my favorite parts. He was introduced in the film to to an actual inventor. Yes. Uh, via a family relative. It might have been his wife. It was someone um, tied to the family. And this guy had created a, a regulator for a car. Mm-hmm. And he had met with him and they talked about what they were working on. And he decided he's like, man, this is something that I might be able to use with what I do and then drew up like this illustration for them where he connected the regulator, um, to a whole system that you can put in your mouth and then connect the back end of that to, to an oxygen tank. Yes. And essentially take your oxygen with you when you're in the ocean. So you can go to greater depths. Yes. Um, and so that's like a constant theme with him in, in this film. um, which I thought was really, really interesting. One of the things that they that they don't talk about in the film that we know about him was that that theme of him inventing and sort of improving technology carried on uh, in the watch world. Yes, and simultaneously with what he was doing, the watch world was trying to keep up with him, of sorts sort of as the benchmark for creating dive watches. Yes. Um, and so there was a film uh, that he did called the, it was the silent, do you remember the name of this film? The silent. Um,
2: yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar. I don't remember.
0: I got it. It's called The Silent the World. World. The Silent World, yes. And yes, that's yes, where yes. he's first seen wearing a Rolex. Uh, in I think this was in 1955, they shot it. And as a Rolex Submariner reference 6205, Which was released in 1954, um, which was one of two or three of the first dive watches they ever made. So this was like one of the first Submariners. Yes. Um, And one of three of the first dive watches uh, offered commercially to the public. And so you can see that in one of his films. Um, You can also see he was a big fan. He was a huge fan, apparently, of the Doxa Sub 300T Conquistador. Yes. Um, which I found really interesting because I've been looking at Doxas lately. And we've been talking about them a lot mm-hmm. um, just in our own personal conversations. And, um, and me trying to figure out what I wanted, I found an old school 300T with the image of an aqualung and a U.S. diver's insignia on it. Yes. um, Which is actually offered at one point. This was sold by, what's the company? Analog Shift. Yes. Um, And you can find these still. There's a few of them out there. They're still pretty rare, um, especially in like fair condition. This one that we're looking at now is actually in really, really good condition. So much rich history too. It's kind of it's got and that's and that's the part of it. That's what I love about the documentary and about the the guy is um for some of these brands that a lot of people aren't necessarily familiar with, he kind of almost validates them and legitimizes them in a very real world and practical way, right? Because he legitimizes them as like actual tool watches, because this was a guy that actually his life depended on this piece. Yeah. Yes. Right. If it's good
1: enough for him, it should be good enough for everybody else.
0: Exactly. It's like when you go down in the ocean, all you had was time. Yes. You know? And it does,
2: in the film, it does refer to time as well.
0: It does. Um,
2: You know, that correlation resonates with all of us so much, you know, because we did watch the film and it's so funny to see how life is relative, even going back to our previous conversation of the mm-hmm. nfts and it's just it's just so crazy how you know history repeats itself how we see time warp into different shapes and forms and what you know it means to us all in a specific period
0: yeah it's is it's crazy i think that's that's for me that's like the beauty of 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 watch collecting and that's why i love it so much and i definitely see all the things that you said with this film um, I think a lot of those same sentiments like resonated with me because when I collect watches, there are all these different factors I'm taking into consideration, but ultimately like for me, it comes down to provenance. Yes. Right. It's like history association, um, cultural significance, Mm -hmm. um, design and aesthetics practicality, function, uh, more so than, like, demand. Like, I don't necessarily want to watch this because a lot of people have it. Yes. um, Or with anything that I actually enjoy. Um, You know, I want it because it's, like, as a person who likes collecting things, that's the one to have.
2: Yes, absolutely. Like,
0: that's the one that, like, you should have. And here are all the reasons why you should have this in your collection. Um, And the the documentary kind of validated that for me just by learning more about the man. Um, And so I thought it was great. He's also responsible. um, Apparently his team were really big fans of the uh, Blancpain 50 Fathoms which I'm a huge fan of. I think it's one of the yeah. one of the best dive watches ever. You refer like
2: you referred to it as well too, in a previous episode. We've talked about that watch yeah. before.
0: Yeah. Um I think when I was talking about my Zodiac because and the it was the 1953 World Fair that was the release or at least the showcase for the two first commercially offered dive watches which were the Zodiac, super, uh, super Seawolf, and then the Fifty Fathoms. Yes. In 1954 is when uh, Rolex made their Submariner debut. Yes. Um, but so much history. Um, yeah, his, his team, they were big fans of the, the Fifty Fathoms, which is a very expensive watch to own today. Mm-hmm. Um, he, also is, he also worked with Omega, uh, which you guys know I'm a big fan of, mm-hmm. in developing the Seamaster 1000 Meters. And the Ploprof 600, which is a really funky watch. And I think it was like, I, I might be, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was one of them. It might be Doxa, but it was Doxa or Omega. I think it was Doxa that did the first helium valve. Right? I think. That it, had the dive watch for the first, I think it was Doxa. I think it was Doxa. I think, yeah. And yeah, then Omega with the, the with Ploprof, the yeah, yes. they had the next one, which was kind of like co-developed with Jacques Cousteau, of course. Yeah, and
1: and Jacques also, the professional doxa was all him. The color of the dial, he picked it.
0: Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, Yeah. so
1: he picked the professional color because he thought it was the most legible underwater. The orange? Yeah. Yeah, Really? That was all him. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, the only place where you could buy a doxa was from his shop.
0: Yeah.
1: He had a shop that sold a lot of uh, dive equipment and stuff like that. Also, sold docs exclusively. Did they
0: mention that in the documentary? I don't think. I don't think they did. They didn't mention. Yeah, I didn't
1: know that. that. Yeah.
2: It, it, was it, it? was in. Um, was it in Florida, right?
1: I'm not sure where, but I know I his he his be- shop. I can, I can guarantee his place was the only place to buy Because I
2: know he. So he. I mean, he was in. He was in France for a long period of time, but then there was a time where he was living in the U.S. and I believe he was residing in Florida. If I'm not mistaken.
0: I, I didn't know he actually had a shop that he sold yeah. watches out of. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And he sold
1: doxes, a bunch of them. I'll tell you that much.
0: <laughs> um, makes me want a doxa. I definitely.
1: I mean, I feel like now I know. You yeah, know. that's that's why the orange dial is called a professional. Yeah, that's what he wore professionally diving. <laughs> makes
0: yeah. so much sense. He
1: named yeah. it, picked the color, everything.
0: Legend. Yeah. Um, he also was famous for wearing the one of my favorite dive watches, the Aquastar uh, Deep Star. Um, which I'm a huge fan of. I think it's just a really cool looking chronograph watch. Um, but ultimately, I enjoyed the film. Um, I thought it was great. It was cool to really learn about the man yeah. behind all of this, this rich history, and yeah, and these watch pieces that we that we love so much. Yeah. Um, so shout out to you. Definitely a, a great suggestion. And Thank you. I encourage anyone watching to check it out. Again, it's on. You can see it on Disney Plus via Netgeo, Geo uh, becoming Cousteau. Um, and if you've seen the Wes Anderson film Steve Zissou, Steve Zissou is actually uh, the character was uh, influenced and does reference Jacques <laughs> Cousteau. He is based off of him. Yes. Um, so if you are a fan, I would definitely check that out because it is cool to see him wear his chambray with the red beanie all throughout <laughs> <Yes>. the film. <laughs> Yo, the with cham- his little yellow no. submarine. Yo,
2: you know what's so funny? They talk about that in the film too. They're like, who is this who guy? Who is this guy with his little red <laughs> beanie? This red beanie. So
0: stylish. <laughs> so stylish. Oh, man. Yeah, that was great. His um,
2: influence still lives today.
0: 100%. <laughs> uh next and last, um a segment we haven't done in a little bit, but I always like to do every now and again just to see where you guys are at and what's happening. Uh watches on our radar. I'm gonna start with you, Rashawn, because I know your selection. Yes. And it is is couldn't be more appropriate for the conversation that we just left. Yes. So why don't you take this one? So my
2: watch on the radar is the uh, dive the the diver sub three hundred T, um from Doxa, um the Caribbean dial. I love it. Um, just the the navy and how it contrasts against that professional orange, is so cool. Um, I have to give a shout out to my boy Ramil. Um, yeah, Ramil has like every Doxa they <laughs> released, right? This dude legitimately has about nine Doxas.
0: I'm not mad at them, man. They make they make really good dive watches. Like, all of their stuff is really cool. And we talked about this last time because yeah. I was considering getting one uh, for my birthday. I'm glad I didn't pop off on the one I was going to because actually after watching the Becoming Cousteau film, I feel like my first has to be a, a sub 300 t.
2: Yes. Um, it's funny too because when you were referring to um, just like, Guys that love Doxa or at least own a Doxa, mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. I don't think I've met a person that if they have more than one Doxa, they own two. They probably
0: own several. It's definitely a brand that you you can get because if we're, if we're, if we're really being honest in terms of value, they're pretty inexpensive. Very inexpensive. Um, and it's not to say that they're cheap. They're not cheap but like so the sub 300 retails for what is it again it's like 1850 1850 yeah like 1875 1850 1875 1875 yeah i mean that's like for the value that you're getting the history um that's pretty incredible i've seen this the dive piece. watch for 2k i mean it's yeah. awesome and it's like a legitimate dive watch like this it's, thing is yeah. this thing bangs it's purposed it's, it's like a dope robust. Piece. I mean, it's it's
2: worn by the most famous free diver ever. Yeah. The fact that he actually worn this professionally, I mean- It just just makes it more special. It makes it more special. It makes it more special. It makes it more special. The Caribbean dial for me just speaks the most. Um, Being a New Yorker, it's got that- That Yankee blue? That Yankee blue, the Knicks orange- I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like Spike at the, you know, same <laughs> court side, man. Like, sure, I'm ready to throw my jersey on the floor. Yeah, or, or, get, <laughs> or, or get, get on the, the floor court. and get in, get the take
0: pictures of Steph Curry.
2: Spike, <laughs> Spike my jersey on the floor Shout and to flip Spike. out. Shout out to Spike, man. Like, this is my inner New York City. This is me. Screams me.
0: It's a dope piece. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Uh, I definitely will own one at some point. Um. It's fire, man. I love it. I think this is... Uh, and it's funny because when we were together and we were looking at doxes, I think I was looking at the 600. Yes. and But I kept going back to the 300. And I was like, because the dial is so... It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wide watch. I think, what's the millimeter size? It's like a 39, 40? So, no, it's actually 42. 42, yeah. but the dial is small. Yes. And so a lot of it is the case and the bezel. Yes, and the dial is really, really small, and it just has a really unique look to it. That's super cool. I mean, with a date window, it wears small too because there's it, it's almost like no lug. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's like true. All, it's like it's all case. case.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. no,
2: that's it's a, a, a great point. I mean, but it, and but it's so cool that it wears so small. That profile is so thin, and then when you rotate that bezel, it's just so satisfying. That yeah, click. it's got
0: a really nice click too. Yeah, they, a, they
2: use a titanium ball bearings.
0: Yeah, they yeah. also make a really good bracelet, like their beads of rice bracelet is kind of fire. Oh, it's I dope. like it a lot. It's so cool. Yeah, so cool. That's uh, dope. I'm digging it. Uh, what was your What was your uh, one Ben? You had G shot. G shot. Let's yep. get it. The
1: DW5600GC 7. That's a lot to say. <laughs> uh, it's a limited edition. It's mainly white, but if you look at it, it looks like marble almost. Like it does white, have like gray, a very black.
0: marble, marble-esque look to so it. So that
1: immediately got me. And then the only thing that makes it better is that it comes with more stuff in the box. You get an extra strap and a case. You can actually take off the white case to expose the carbon core. Oh, wow. And put an olive green one on it. With an olive green fabric strap that comes in the box.
0: All for 130 bucks? For 130 bucks. It's crazy. It's dope. That's why I love G-Shock, man. I think they just, in terms of like digital watches, they just do some of the coolest stuff. Yeah. They definitely have the most iconic silhouettes
1: when it comes to digital watch. Oh, of course. oh for sure.
0: Well, that's us. I mean, that's, shout out to Casio. It's just it's what it is. It's like they run the game still Japanese design? yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say it man yeah, yeah yeah. no they got it they got it man um this is a piece i'm familiar with i didn't know about this new one that just came out but i always like that there's like that highlighter yellow one that they do yeah that yeah. i think is fire it's just super sporty yeah uh but this watch has everything i mean easily like a, an everyday driver um for anyone you know what I'm saying? And, and the stuff they do is unique and they actually make it really cool to wear digital watches. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. And it has a cool name, Snow Camel. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. The Snow Camel? Yep. That's dope. I like that. Very Metal Gear solid. Exactly. <laughs> I'm into that. That's
2: what I was going for. Listen, you know, G-Shock definitely calls to your childhood. Yeah, they do. They they And they know how to do it. They do. The biggest The biggest thing, what I would love to see from G-Shock is if they did a precious
0: metal case, I think that's coming. I'm not. I'm, I I'm be surprised. so surprised that they haven't done it yet. They, I mean, they gotta they gotta put feelers out there and test the market. And I think they did that because they've been doing they a lot of metal, metal cases lately. Yeah. They actually, I think they do have a, a watch that's out of gold.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty I, sure. I'm,
2: yeah, maybe like a Dubai exclusive. Like no, I think it's like...
1: this in gold. Really? And I think it was limited. I'm pretty sure it sold out. Shoot, it might have been like. Like maybe a thousand dollars, but probably. I wouldn't be surprised oh, if it was a G. I was jumping them. all over that. I'm gonna look it up, I'm pretty sure it's a thing.
2: Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, for the DW 5600, I could see that like being it's, it's a piece. I think that's too. cool
0: too. Is yeah. that like here's like G Shock is a brand that has like several iconic silhouettes, yes? Um, which I don't think is a conversation that most people have, like how iconic G Shocks are. Oh, yeah, um, but I'm a fan, I love that. I love this stuff. I mean, I own, I own one. You own a few, um, G-Shocks. Yes, you. I own a few. Yeah, don't you have like? I have two. Wow. I have two. Did um, you have like more? I, so, I, so the thing is, like in my childhood, I've, I've had so many G-Shocks, but they're they've always like I didn't appreciate them when I had them up until recently. Not they were they, the 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 pieces that it's like I'd let a friend borrow, never get it back, kind of thing, or like they just wound up wherever. But today I know better, so. <laughs> not happening.
2: Hold them tight.
0: Um, you guys know how much I I love vintage. Um, and I'm always scouring for vintage watches. Um, though I know I shouldn't because long-term it's just a money pit. Cuz at some point you got to get it serviced. And then they have a whole host of issues. But here's one that wouldn't because it is a quartz vintage watch nice um, and it feels like we talked about this before it feels like quartz is on the come up again and that like quartz is actually moving to a place where it's really cool yes and this is a watch I've i been familiar with but I really started researching um, over the last couple of weeks and it's a, it's an Omega piece you guys know how much I love Omega but it's the 120 um, Seamaster it's called the Recife. This was released in 1985. Recife, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, is Portuguese for reef, as in coral reef. So this is a dive watch. Uh, so it's a quartz dive watch that Omega released in the mid-80s. It looks like it's made of titanium, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's just oxidized steel. Mm. Um, it's got the Ploprof hands which I think is fire. It's got um I think those are like tritium um little like indice yeah. plots.
2: Yeah.
0: Um it's got this really cool sort of hard to describe. It's like a it's 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 this is a 1985 watch, but it almost looks like they were trying to channel something that was a little more futuristic. Yes. Yeah, this is giving me like I don't know why, but Like alien.
2: Yeah, I was going to say space. And it
0: feels a little more 90s than alien. Yeah. I mean, than 85, than 80s, right? Yeah. It
2: it was definitely something that was
0: like foreseeing in the future. Yeah. So this piece, I I, I thought it was really cool. And so I had seen this before. I'd never really, um, I just kind of glanced over it. And then there was an episode back that we did where we were talking about uh, the the System 51 watch. Yes. That um Hodinke released with swatch. Kind of looks a little swatchish. So that's where I'm going with this. Yes. And when we looked at that watch that they did, the that was the pointer date watch that they Point, released. Yep. And it was called the stoplight. Yes. And so what we discovered was that watch referenced an older model uh, of a swatch piece that they did. And what I discovered was that's original swatch stoplight references this. Yeah. This is the OG design, or maybe not. So here's a surprise. I think this, this, that, that watch more, more closely references this one. This watch actually references an IWC Porsche design mm. watch. The 2000 Ocean. Wow. Isn't that funny? That
1: is. It's a Steve Jobs watch. yeah Yeah. that's what you used to give that's what you used to give to
0: so it actually references this so it's just funny to me i thought that was really cool to kind of see like how like these different brands are like referencing one another yes um the omega version to me is the best version yes i just think it's like just super cool it's beautiful um they can they can still be had. They're they're pretty rare, actually. They're not ex- they're not. I'm not gonna say they're not expensive. It's pricey. Uh, Two thousand dollars is still a lot of money to spend on a watch. Yes. But in terms of how rare they are, um, pretty good deal if you can find them in fair condition. Yes. Um, many of them that I've seen, the ones that are available for purchase on like different vintage platforms are pretty beat up. Um, This one that we're looking at is actually the most rare. Uh, The one that's the most common is is a black dial version that was released like several years later. Uh, But what's also interesting is that this watch was incredibly popular when it came out and then they just, it just died. Yes. They never made any more. The Seamaster 120 line left the dive watch aesthetic and went full dress watch. So this is kind of like the last one under the 120s. Um, But I just thought this thing was was super cool. Um, I think in terms of like a quartz watch, uh, this is definitely one I wouldn't mind having in my collection. I love Omega. I just think design-wise, it's a beast. They got it right. Um, It hits all those cues for me. I just think it's a beautiful piece. It's got like a, a nice little date window. Um, everything about it is this, there's certain things that happen like in design where it's like, there are all these different cues and when they come together, it's like some people just get it perfect. Yes. And this one is just like perfect to yes. me. I agree. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, if I saw someone's wrist, I would just be like, man, this thing is fire. Well, um,
2: yeah, I'm sorry. We'll go no,
0: ahead. go ahead. What were you going to say? No,
2: I was going to say, well, to your point, the key word is design. Mm-hmm. Um, and to finish that part is design language. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, when it comes to watch collectors, you know, new or old, we have to understand that these, these brands all coexist. They all exist with each other. They all piggyback from each other. Most of them actually go ahead and walk out their factory and go across the street and go to the other factory and say, Hey, you know what? I'm designing this watch what do you think about this mm. like these guys lean on each other as much as we think that omega is not partnering with you know another brand or whatever you know i don't want to kind of cause a riff but these guys coexist with each other they need each other yeah. um they all speak the same language they're all in switzerland so how are they not Well, They all
0: all hire at some point the same designers. Of course. I mean, there's so many. So you look at like uh, our dude, Genta, like in how many brands he, I mean, he worked for Omega, he worked for AP, he he worked for Patek, like he passed through all these places. He's been
2: everywhere. And I mean, of course, like he's touched all those brands and his design language at that point in time was the iconic case, the Octagon case. I mean, it
0: still lives. I Um, mean, you look at his influence still reigns supreme. I mean, you talk about like Again, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but you know, the Nautilus, protect Nautilus, is like one of the more popular watches today. Yeah. Uh, the, the, a, the AP Offshore. Yeah. The he, offshore. Designed,
1: he designed the pole router, The pole router, yeah, which yeah, no yeah. one talks about.
0: Yeah. Also did a watch for Cradler, which is owned by Seiko. Yeah. He he also a lot of people don't realize he's responsible for the Pi Pan dial that Omega does. Yes. That came from him. Yes. Um, and he's not the only one. I mean, a lot of these guys have passed through these different watch houses and. And and sprinkled you know sort of sprinkled their their touch uh, on these brands and absolutely uh, but this one is this one is really really special um, and I think the fact that it's quartz makes it really really cool because there's something about it that's like for most people probably undesirable but for those that can place this in the brand's history and sort of get it and understand how. How far of a you know sort of a deviation this is from what Omega does sort of makes this incredibly special, and I'm a big fan of this piece. So this is on my radar. Um, there there isn't a lot available out there that are good. Most of them are beat up, but if I do come across one, we'll we'll figure out how to make some magic happen. Next
2: was check. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a beautiful watch.
2: Beautiful yeah, man, it's good. Great choice, Perry.
0: Um. So that just about does it for us. Um, this has been fun. Uh, we got to we got to go into the future, go back in the past. Yes. Uh, talk about some great pieces. Do what we do uh, for those that are watching. Uh, you can find us on social media. We are on Instagram and TikTok. 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 Yeah, <laughs> Showing my age again. Maybe the uh, we're where the kids are at. You know where the kids are at. We're on TikTok, Instagram, <laughs> yeah. Facebook, uh, Spotify at Risk Check Pod. All those places. YouTube. Uh, find us there. Follow us. Comment, like, subscribe, share. Uh, get in touch with us. Interact with us. We like talking to the people who are who are supporting us. Um, and we want to talk to you. Want to hear from you. Want to know what you like, what you dislike, what you want to see, what you want to hear more of. Um, we're here for you. Um, so please don't be afraid, reach out and get in touch. And, uh, that's a wrap. We'll see you next week.